Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode, I think I'm just going to do the one. I think this is just going to be a single review. It's not going to be spoiler heavy, but it's not going to be completely spoiler free possibly. But it's tricky because I'm going to be talking about Respect. And Respect is the recent biopic on the life of Aretha Franklin. And now, to me personally, I didn't know a lot of her story, apart from the songs that she sings, obviously. But I am aware that some people may know it more, and some people will be actively seeking it out more. So this review, even though it's not going to be like going into detail of here's what happens in this bit, here's what happens in this bit, I may occasionally just talk about the real events, because, well, duh, she's real. You know, the whole story is real. It's a biopic. It's based on a true story, so I don't feel like spoilers can really come into it, but that being said, I am going to be careful, but I can't really be bothered doing a spoiler review and a non-spoiler review, because there's not really a lot for me to talk about in a spoiler review that wouldn't be any different from a non-spoiler, so maybe I'll just do a bit towards the end that's like, here's where the spoilers start, jump to whatever, but you know what, we're just going to go with it, and if there are spoilers, then so what, but blanket spoiler warning, okay, even though I'm not going to drop any major bombshells like, oh, she dies, you know, she's already been dead for a few years now. It's not really that big of a shock, you know, unless people are just find, <laughs> finding out about it for the first time. Spoiler alert, she she sadly died. But yeah, respect. Starring Jennifer Hudson, directed by Liesl Tommy, who I've not really heard of her before, but apparently this is her debut feature. So to be fair, it's not a bad debut feature. This is the same with... Lisa Joy recently for Reminiscence. Now, even though I knew who Lisa Joy was beforehand, I was still impressed by just how high a quality the directorial debut was. So the same goes for Liesl Tommy. I think she's done a fine job. Yeah, the directing isn't massively memorable and it's not the best I've ever seen, but for what it is, for a biopic that's covering the life of one of the best singers of all time, I think it does a fine job and it's a tad too long here and there, I will admit because this film is about 2 hours and 20 minutes, so that's quite a hefty runtime for a film like this. But then again, you can understand why it's so long, because there's so much to cover in Aretha Franklin's life. However, I was a bit, not really confused, but I was a bit unsure about when and where it decided to fast forward and jump forward to these different times in her life, because it usually does something quite similar to Bohemian Rhapsody, when there would be a montage and it would go through a bunch of her albums and fast forward to about two years after that. So I can understand why they've done that, because it would have been much harder to show the passing of time any other way. But at the same time, it just sort of jumps like there's no tomorrow and it goes really quickly during some parts and it doesn't really linger on much that you kind of want it to linger on. Like I would much prefer to have seen emphasis on other parts rather than what we actually got the focus on. That's just me being picky and what I would have liked to have seen, not what many others probably would have wanted to see. Because I didn't know a lot about Aretha Franklin going into this, and I was quite surprised by a lot of it. For instance, how young she was when she had her first two children. That was shocking to me. I did not know anything about that. So I was honestly kind of gobsmacked to actually witness that, because I was thinking, oh, wow, I did not know what this woman had been through. And it's kind of amazing to see how far she came from this start, because... Any other person in that situation probably would have given up quite early on in the film. There's a time when she's about 10 years old and she is taking like a silence. She's not really taking a vow of silence, but after her mother dies, she doesn't speak and she doesn't sing for a while. So it was understandable for her to have gone through this and anybody else would have been the same. But for her to come back from that, for her to go on to do everything that she did do, 
incredible. She's a really incredible woman and she's a great singer. And let's get into Jennifer Hudson. Now, Jennifer Hudson is an incredible, incredible singer. Is she a good actor? Yes. Is she a great actor? Possibly. But one thing's certain, and that is no matter how good she is acting, she's a far better singer than she is an actor. And that's no disrespect to her, because she's good in a lot of the things that she's in, except for Cats. But yeah, I'll get on to Cats, because throughout this whole film, the one thing I could think of was I can't look at Jennifer Hudson now without seeing cat ears and whiskers and just that hideous, god-awful, horrifying, haunting CGI cat fur face person, whatever. I don't know what the hell they are. Cats with thumbs. Why? (laughs) Why? But yeah, I I cannot watch anything with her in it without thinking of cats now. And that's annoying because I'm sure she's great in this. And I liked her in it. Okay, I liked her in this film. It's just that I wasn't particularly blown away. At the start, I was. Now, this isn't a spoiler, okay. But this is like borderline talking about the film territory, okay. Well, this whole thing is talking about the film, but you know what I mean? I'm talking about specifics. Jennifer Hudson doesn't turn up until about 20 minutes in. The first 20 minutes is Aretha Franklin as a 10-year-old, and we're just getting introduced to her as this child. And then it goes on to, I think, seven years later. But that's the thing, okay? The film opens in 1952. She was born in 1942, so that would make her 10. And then 20 minutes later, it jumps forward to 1959, which would make her 17. Now, okay, I know Jennifer Hudson doesn't look 40. Like, she's about to turn 40 just in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, when this review goes up, it's probably just a couple of days' time. 12th of September, I believe. So, yeah, she's about to turn 40. She doesn't look 40, but then again, she doesn't look 17 either. Now, I don't know why Hollywood always does this. I mean, the same thing happened in Little Women. Florence Pugh, bless her, she's trying to play a 12-year-old in some of those scenes. <laughs> like, really? I can understand, like, late teens, but trying to play a 12-year-old, they do just give her pigtails and a fringe, and it does make her look younger, but at the same time, 12. Really? Really? It's pushing it a bit, and this film, Respect, pushes it a lot you know, for me to try and believe that Jennifer Hudson is able to play a 17-year-old Aretha Franklin, got the voice down, absolutely, got the voice nailed. It's just, people that look 17 don't usually look like how Jennifer Hudson looks. I mean, that's just from experience around here. But then again, this is Hollywood, this is movie magic, who cares? Nobody's going to actually care. I'm going to care, I'm picking up on it because I care about it and I'm thinking, that's really pushing it. Whereas you look at other biopics where it handles something similar, Rocketman, Rocketman is the best example because what it does is very similar to what it does in this film. Midway through a song, it transitions from the younger iteration to the older version of that person. So Taron Egerton doesn't come into Rocketman until probably about 20 minutes in as well. And midway through Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, he transitions from that teenager to Taron Egerton. And that works tremendously well. This film tries to do the same, even though it's not an outright musical. It's just a music biopic similar to A Star Is Born, but, you know, Star Is Born isn't real. Then again, very similar elements. So it's not just singing and dancing throughout. It's just following her, and she happens to be a singer. So what it does is, during a church gospel, it transitions from the younger 10-year-old Aretha Franklin into Jennifer Hudson, the 17-year-old. I just don't think she's 17. I don't think she passes. 
if she wasn't 17, if she was a couple of years older, fine. But when you're having Jennifer Hudson play Aretha Franklin from, what, I think 1950, was it 9? Yeah, 1959 to about 1972, I think the final part is. I can't remember, it's around then anyway. In that 13 years or so, I can understand the one actor playing her for that long, but I just can't believe she started out 17 and then ended up, what, 30? So she's ended up younger than Jennifer Hudson is now? Really? I've just realised that. So by the very end, the oldest we see Jennifer Hudson play Aretha Franklin is still younger than she is now. Yes, she doesn't look 40. Like I said, she looks great for her age. But at the same time, you have got to consider, is this justifiable? To an extent, yes. I will allow it because she's a tremendous singer. And from the very first performance, it gave me goosebumps. I was thinking, this is going to be incredible. She's going to give me goosebumps every single time she performs. And I'll be loving every single song they do. I'm here for this journey. Unfortunately, and there is a big unfortunately here, but... I wasn't really as hooked throughout as I was for that initial Jennifer Hudson solo. I don't know why. I really don't know why. It just sort of started on a very big high for her. And then it kind of deteriorated and didn't go bad. It was still great. Like, she's a fantastic singer. But I wasn't really blown away. And I don't know if it's because of how it was directed. I don't know if it's because of how the biopic was operating. And I wasn't really loving the different routes they were going down but then again it's a classic paint by numbers biopic it goes from a to b showcasing all the ups and the downs but the ups don't really feel like ups and the downs just kind of come out of nowhere and i get the fact that people do just spiral into this descent randomly like it's not planned or anything but at the same time there's no real build up to it it just sort of happens and they expect and they treat us as if there has been little seeds being sown into it to prove that this downfall is going to happen. Yes, there are mentions of her demon, and you can see it from the very start that she's battling something, but at the same time, during the scenes when it does get quite dark, and when there is that sense of alcoholism and depression, it didn't really feel like it spawned out of anywhere. And I'm not being disrespectful by saying that, but I didn't really feel not sympathetic because obviously I do feel sorry for anybody going through that but I didn't really feel a sense of this was being told well it kind of felt a bit lackluster even though there should never be any excitement around going through something like this but then again you look at Rocketman and I'm going to relate it to Rocketman a lot here because it's probably my favorite musical biopic even though it's just a musical but it goes through that whole biopic sense too but that was such a surprise and it was such an amazing film you look at respect and you look at what Aretha Franklin has been through in her whole life. Yes, it's quite tragic at times. And yes, she's still accomplished so much. And while the film does do a good job of trying to replicate this and trying to showcase it, it doesn't really feel like it means anything. And I don't know why. Because somebody as amazing as Aretha Franklin kind of deserves a film as amazing as her. And I don't know, I didn't really feel that this was it. Like, it's not a bad film by any means. It's a good film. It's just not really my cup of tea. Like, it's really not for me. I don't know why, because I was quite looking forward to it. When I saw the trailer in the cinema, I just had goosebumps the entire time. I thought it was incredible. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should have gone to see it at the cinema. But what people don't realise is, you know, I've been very sneaky and I've perhaps... Well, no, I haven't. Wink, wink. I definitely haven't watched this in advance. 
totally haven't watched this before it came out in the cinema. It's not like this review is going to go up before it's coming out. What? What are you talking about? But maybe I should have waited to see it at the cinema. I'm not sure. I don't feel like I have missed out much because I was apprehensive beforehand. I was thinking, should I wait? Should I just save myself? But no, I decided to watch it. And I had my headphones on, I had it turned up very loud, I was trying to recreate that atmosphere, and it worked. It worked for the most part, because the songs were great, and she gave decent performances throughout. It's just, nothing really hooked me as much as it did right at the very start, or 20 minutes in I should say. And at the start even, because when she's 10 years old at the start, that little girl is an amazing, amazing singer. She's such a great performer, she's so good in this film, and maybe I would have liked to have seen more, I don't know, maybe... If there had been a wider transition from her before it got to Jennifer Hudson, because it's quite a big leap going from 10 to 17 and going from an actual, no doubt, 10 year old actor to Jennifer Hudson, who's almost 40, like bit of a gap, bit of a gap. I know I shouldn't be too harsh because these are actors, they're meant to be portraying somebody they're not and they're meant to be just adapting to any role. And if they look the part, sure, go for it. And if they sound the part, which Jennifer Hudson certainly does, Sure, why not? I don't have any quarrels with that. I just kind of like to see some form of accuracy when you're actually portraying somebody of a certain age. Like recently, Fast and Furious 9 did something similar when there was a flashback for young Dom Toretto and instead of just having Vin Diesel play him or just having some really dodgy de-aging CGI, they just recast him. And I think that worked. So I'm all for casting people that look younger and casting people that are around a similar age. But like I said, I can't have any beef with it because Jennifer Hudson, she does a great job. And will she get Oscar nominated? Yeah, probably. I can see it happening. I wouldn't be disappointed with that. She does a very fine performance that deserves to be rewarded in some sense. So maybe an Oscar nomination will be on the cards. I've been thinking about this recently and I don't really know. I don't know why, but I just can't think of many other performances this year so far that have been kind of strong enough for an Oscar or any kind of prestigious award. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, I get it that we're just now coming into the whole award season. So obviously going forward, there's going to be a lot of films churning out that are kind of designed for these performances. But at the same time, I would have liked to have seen films spread out throughout the year that kind of deliver strong enough performances to garner this award success. So far that hasn't really happened. I can't really think of much who I would consider. I mean, Hugh Jackman in Reminiscence, I would love, but I don't think he's going to get nominated. I don't think that film's going to garner enough attention, but it's a shame because he's great in that film. And Jennifer Hudson in this film, I was kind of looking out for the whole iconic monologue scene, which happens in so many Oscar bait films that kind of showcase a performance to get nominated. It happens in so many films coming into this part of the year when there's just a little segment of the film specifically designed to showcase such a powerhouse performance. That didn't really happen in respect. Yes, you could argue the singing performances were the moments, but I'm going to be really blunt and picky here. Should we be rewarding this kind of performance in terms of its acting or in terms of its like singing and delivery performance? And there is a huge difference that people may just overlook because everybody loves in the Academy. They all love a biopic, especially a musical biopic. Renee Zellweger won for Judy a couple of years ago. Rami Malek won for Bohemian Rhapsody too. This is kind of Oscars 101 of how to get a nomination and how to win. Just play a real person, and if they've sung songs, brilliant, even better. But yes, you cannot fault Jennifer Hudson's ability to control the stage 
and perform like she does because very few people do it like she does which is amazing but is this acting is it really acting i'm not 100% sure and even though she does a fine job playing aretha franklin there is a sense of imitation which i don't really want to see i would rather see somebody become that person i don't want to see just an imitation because it kind of feels a bit too much like they're going for these awards and they're just kind of trying to garner this attention for being so close and realistic to the actual person but I want to see their own iteration of the character. I don't want to see somebody that you can just watch interviews of and see for themselves. I want to see a performance that kind of not really changes your perspective and impression of that person, but just sort of actually act, like genuinely give a solid performance, not just an imitation. Because yeah, there are several actors in this film that I did not enjoy because I was just thinking, you're trying so hard to be somebody that you're just not capable of being. And... Yeah, it's a shame because I want people to step out of their comfort zone and to do these performances that people may not have expected from them. So like comedy actors taking up serious roles in this film, it could work, but it just doesn't because all he's doing is imitating and it's just really kind of wooden. It's genuinely quite a wooden performance and maybe that's how the real person was, but I find it hard to believe. I think it is purely because he's a more comedic actor. Trying to go for a role like this just didn't suit him, really didn't suit him. So, yeah, I wasn't really a fan of that. However, other actors in this film who do a very good job, Forrest Whitaker, he's fantastic, and he's honestly one of the best actors currently working. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, he's garnered tons of attention throughout the years, but I really feel like when we talk about best actors' conversations, he's rarely in the picture, but I think he's a genuinely stunning actor. And he's great in this film, but he did just make me laugh because I cannot watch him, similarly to Hudson with Cats, I cannot watch him without thinking of his character in Rogue One and how funny his accent is in that film. And not to mention, there's one point in this film when he starts wiping a handkerchief on Jennifer Hudson's face as she's singing, and I don't know why. I understand that people can get sweaty when they're performing and when they're on that stage with the lighting, whatever, but it just seemed funny that he was literally in her face wiping her forehead as she's singing. And I kind of felt bad for laughing because... Right before this, and then right after it, there's quite serious topics and discussions. But it just made me laugh. It made me giggle that he's up in her face, just wiping her down. And yeah, maybe he's been a helpful dad. But to me, it just felt so out of place. <laughs> so out of place. There was no need for it. She could have done it herself. She really could have. I don't know. It's just little things like that. It just made me laugh. But as a whole, Forrest Whitaker is fantastic. He's a very good actor in this film. He's not really... The most likable character at times playing her dad who's quite harsh and he's a reverend as well and you know he's in church can i get an amen amen even though as a father figure there's going to be these quarrels there's going to be these issues that come up every now and then but he does a very admirable job of the whole situation and i did like him in this film i think he's one of the best performers but that being said there's no denying that jennifer hudson is the star jennifer hudson completely controls this film yeah, she can lead a film like this, she can hook your attention and bring you in for the ride, but then again, the supporting actors, aside from Forrest Whitaker, they're not strong enough to also carry this film. And when the emphasis is kind of on other people helping Aretha Franklin out, and whether it's trying to help her through situations or do business with her, it kind of feels like they're lacking somewhat. I don't know what it is they're lacking. I think that can come down to the writing as well. And even though it's a tricky one to talk about the writing, because obviously it's a true story, but 
there is a script there's still a script that's been written based on the true story and i don't feel that it always maintains a strong quality there's definitely stronger elements in the film but there's also a few weaker parts too and obviously undoubtedly there's a lot of race conversations and political aspects and i feel that those were handled really well and the death of Martin Luther King, which again, spoiler alert, but sadly he was killed, but I thought that was handled very, very well in this film. And it's kind of one of those moments in these typical biopics where you're thinking, when's it going to happen? You know, when is that pivotal moment in not just his life or her life, but in just a wider landscape of America at the time? How is that actually going to play into it? And I feel that it was handled very well. It was very shocking, actually. Like, it just came out of the blue, which, of course, that's exactly how it happened. And these types of situations are what make biopics stand out. But I just don't think the rest of the film is strong enough to garner a massively positive review for this film. Yes, it's good. It's not bad by any means. There's a few slower moments here and there, but life is slow. Okay, that's the one thing to consider. Life is quite slow at times, and it's quite boring. But that being said... There's an active choice that the people involved in this film have made to include every single bit that they have. And I feel that sometimes they maybe should have strayed onto different aspects. And I would have liked to have seen it go down many different routes compared to what it actually does. Because it does fall into that trap of being like any other biopic we've ever seen. And there's not really a lot of originality and uniqueness to this film. Which is a shame because... Yeah, a performer like Aretha Franklin, she is unique, she's one of a kind, and this film isn't, you know, I hate to say it, but this film really isn't that one of a kind film that she perhaps deserves. But is it a bad representation? Is it a bad biopic? No, by no means is it that. It's just lacking something to make it special. And like I was saying, the very first performance that Jennifer Hudson gives gave me goosebumps. I loved it. And then that doesn't happen again until the very end and the last performance that she does. And while I think that's great, end on a high, start on a high, but you need something in the middle. You need that content and you need that consistency throughout the whole film to make it justifiable as to why you've had such a strong opening and such a strong ending. If you're just focused on getting people's attentions right at the very start and then you're leaving them completely empty until the very end, people are going to feel satisfied by that end, but they're not going to feel satisfied by the whole film and that's kind of how I felt, because this film is two hours, 20 minutes long. When you've got a film like that, you need something to keep you going. You need that extra little thing to keep your willingness to carry on. You know, I'm not one to stop watching films halfway through. And at no point did I actually consider that during this film. But if I was the type of person that would usually turn off films, not reaching the end, this probably would be one of those films and maybe people, if they go and see it in the cinema, they're going to have a much better time and they're going to think, this is fantastic. I'm hooked with this spectacle, with the sound, with everything, with the performances. I respect that. Respect. Why is it every single time I do these film reviews, I manage to weave in the title unknowingly? Same thing happened with Reminiscence, now Respect. But I respect that if people hold out and think this is fantastic. Maybe it will be different on the big screen. I don't know if I want to go see it at the cinema because I've already seen it. I can watch it again anytime. It's not really something that is demanding to be seen on the big screen. Yes, the sound, of course. And 
I would recommend any musical film at the cinema because it is 10 times better, but you could have just as good a time, if you do have a good time that is, but you could have just as good a time watching it at home, watching it on a pretty decent TV, good quality of course. I wouldn't say watch it on your phone, but you know what, maybe watch it on a plane. If you're going on a plane and it's showing, that's actually not a bad shout because this film is quite long and it could make the plane journey go quite quite quick, quite quick. <laughs> I sound like a duck. <laughs> quite quick. It could make it go quite quick. That's so hard to say. <laughs> but that's the one thing this film surprised me by, even though it is quite long. It didn't feel that long. It didn't feel like it dragged too much. Yeah, there were a few slower bits, but for a two hours, 20 minute film, it flew by fairly fast. I was quite impressed by that, actually, because I was worried thinking this is going to drag, this is going to feel like this kind of long film. But it didn't, it really didn't, and maybe that is because of the editing choices they did, and fair enough, it was pretty good, but it's just basic, there's nothing really special, and I want something special. Forgive me for having too high an expectation, but this is Aretha Franklin we're talking about, okay? It's understandable, anybody, myself included, would want something probably better than this, or just a bit more special, that is... But when you've got this film that is just basic in its delivery of classic editing techniques and the directing being perfectly fine, but nothing amazing, I do just want more. I don't know. I'm just like Oliver Twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? I do want more. But it's weird because I'm not really bothered that I didn't love it as much as perhaps people are intended to love it. Yes, I was entertained by it and I found it very interesting at times. And it told me a lot about Aretha Franklin that I didn't know before. But there are just certain elements throughout that feel like it's for a different kind of film. And the tension between her love life and her record labels and her performances. Jennifer Hudson does a good job of balancing all this. And she does a perfectly content performance. But she is so much better at singing and doing these performances of Aretha Franklin's songs than she is of carrying each scene in terms of her acting ability. But anybody could tell you that. You could probably guess that before you've even watched the film. And maybe... Here's the thing, maybe, just maybe, people will love this so much more if you've never seen Cats. If you're one of the lucky ones, if you've not witnessed the abomination that is Cats, you will probably like this film a lot more than I did. Because as I mentioned near the start, I cannot look at Jennifer Hudson without seeing the performance she gave in Cats. And yeah, once again, she's a great singer in that film, but Jesus Christ, she does not look good as a cat. Nobody does. Nobody in that film looks good as a cat. I don't know what creatures they are, but you cannot call them cats. God, I hate that film. God, it's awful. So I do feel that my perspective is permanently changed from that point onwards. But then again, Idris Elba's in Cats, but I can see him in other films now just fine. So... I think it is just a performer like Jennifer Hudson and Judy Dench and James Corden. Can you even call him a performer? I don't know. That, that's pushing it. That is vague performer in quotation marks. But yeah, from this point onwards, I cannot watch anything with those people in without seeing Cats. And now, especially when she's playing Aretha Franklin wearing kind of a massive fur coat, I was thinking, it's coming back to haunt me. It's happening all over again. I'm back in that cinema confused as hell, disturbed as hell, just in pain, <laughs> in pain. <laughs> never watch Cats, please never watch Cats. Anybody out there, just never, never do it, don't do it, please. Watch this, if you haven't watched Cats, watch this, you'll probably love it. 
And here's the thing, I did watch it yesterday, and I'm not going to say that I'm recording this on the 31st of August because the film is not out in the UK here, so I'm totally watching this on September the 10th, the day it was released. That's the thing, I'm watching it the day it's released. <laughs> this is being recorded the day it's released, of course. But I did watch it yesterday, and I was going to review it yesterday as well. I was going to review it straight after watching it, but I thought, no, I'll let it marinate for a while. I'll let it just marinate in my mind and see how I feel about it in a day's time. Unfortunately, I cannot remember it that well at all, and that's not good. Yeah, I can remember the odd bits here and there, but some of the performances are a mystery to me. They're completely blurred out, and maybe I do need to watch it again, because I do like to watch films at least twice before making a solid judgement. It takes the film to be exceedingly good or exceedingly bad for me to be able to review it just after one viewing, so maybe I should watch this film again, but... The runtime's put me off, and knowing I've already seen it and I didn't love it that much, that's put me off too, so I'm not really going to force myself to watch it again. But I was hoping that by putting off the review for a day or so, I would be able to think of it more and talk about it more. But I do think this film is for those that clearly like Aretha Franklin, obviously, you know, there's no question of that. And I do. I like her performances. I love some of her songs. She's amazing. And I really like Jennifer Hudson, I think she's fantastic. It's just, this film is missing something. And when the reviews came out a couple of weeks ago and they were fairly average, I was thinking, that's quite surprising, but I can understand that. I can genuinely understand why the reviews have been quite middle of the road. Because it's not really the kind of film that is spectacular, but it's far from bad. It's definitely not bad, it's just got some less enjoyable moments and quite underwhelming performances on the whole. But I did like the story and I did like the directing for the most part. I just, like I've been saying the whole thing, the moral of this review is I wanted more. I think we deserved more. I think Aretha deserved more. And yes, unfortunately she passed away a couple of years ago. But if she didn't and if she was still here to watch this, I don't know if this film was done before actually. I don't think she would have been able to see this or a rough copy at all. But I think she would be proud and I think she would find it extremely personal and very well told. And yes, there's a lovely tribute at the end too, and it's very powerful, but I don't know. I don't know. There's something missing. I can't put my finger on what is missing, but maybe it needed sharper editing and a smoother runtime. Maybe I think if you do it at quite a quick pace, because this film does go quite quickly. In terms of how it progresses through the years, it goes by quite fast. And I feel like the editing should have matched this because you've got slow editing, but with a quick pace that kind of makes it feel a bit muddled up and it doesn't really flow very well. Some of the scenes linger on too long. Some of the scenes could be cut out because they don't really bring anything to the wider story as a whole. Maybe I am being picky there. But I think people shouldn't be a stranger to making these films shorter. Yes, you've got a lot of life to cover. And so a two hour, 20 minute film is justified for that. But I think Hollywood as an industry and these producers, they think since this person, whoever the biopic is based on, since they've had such an incredibly long-spanning career, we need a film that matches that. You don't. You don't really. This film could have been an hour and 40 minutes and probably would have been more impactful. It doesn't matter that it's so short, it's probably not going to scratch the tip of the iceberg, but it doesn't matter. You don't need to. Depending on what the biopic is going for, whether it's telling just a moment in time or whether it's telling the entire career, it doesn't need to be as long as it is or as short as it is. It just needs to be a length that gets by at a nice pace, good editing, good directing, great performances to carry it through. This film kind of ticks half of those checklist points. The rest it falls flat on. And because of that, it is a shame that this film is only 
good or slightly above average. It's not great. It's not fantastic. Maybe it is a fantastic film. I just didn't feel that it was. And I'm pretty sure there are going to be some that think it's so much better than I've said it is. And some that think it's so much worse. You'd be right. Both of you would be right. But for me, I love music and I love performances based on musical icons. And Aretha Franklin is one of the best, like I've said. So in the end, R-E-S-P-E-C-T is F-I-N-E. It's fine. Respect is fine. It's nothing fantastic. She will get a nomination. I can guarantee... I'd be very surprised if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination. Will she win? I don't know. I would not be disappointed, but I don't think she will win. I don't know. Hollywood loves this kind of thing, so maybe. Very well, maybe. But so far, like I've said, I don't know who else could be in the running so far. Jodie Comer, though. She's got The Last Jewel coming out in October, directed by Ridley Scott. I'm pretty sure she could get a nomination for that, because she's an amazing actress anyway. But she looks fantastic in that film. So... Jodie Comer, she's one to look out for. Who else? Maybe Rachel Zegler for West Side Story in December, playing Maria. I think she could turn a lot of heads and get a lot of attention around the award season, especially a Steven Spielberg film. Like That's guaranteed to be at least in the running. So in the next couple of months, we're definitely going to see these types of performances to not be Oscar bait, but just be significantly stronger performances to gain more traction of performing well at award ceremonies. But I don't know, I don't want to see, this is getting off topic here, but I don't want to see this type of thing moving forwards. I would much rather see genuinely fantastic performances throughout the year, because I don't really care for the fact that there is this season when films do come out when they're specifically designed to gain awards nominations. I want to see that throughout the year, because if you're not acting at the highest of your ability throughout the rest of the seven or eight months of the year, when it's not awards time, what is the point what is genuinely the point if you're not going to give it your all and go for that Oscar in any other film if it's not being released from September to February time? I don't understand. I really don't get that. It's the same logic behind Valentine's Day. You've got that one day of the year when everybody shows their love and appreciation of somebody. Do that throughout the year. Why are you just doing that one day? It's just a ploy by card companies and chocolate manufacturers and flower bouquet people, whatever they're called, florists. That's the word, florists. It's just a ploy by them to sell more things, to get more money coming in, because people love to just buy things on that day, because we've all been brainwashed to think that Valentine's Day is so special. Make Valentine's Day every day. I don't know why people don't. If you're just living life with somebody and celebrating Valentine's Day like it's some special day of the year, then the world is completely screwed. Yes, it's a nice gesture to do something on that day, but why aren't you doing it any other day of the year? Just do it randomly. I don't know, once a month, not even once a month, make every day feel like it. Just every single day, wake up, be like, happy Valentine's Day, love you. You know, just be nice. Why aren't people nice? I've got so off topic here, but it just irritates me. It really irritates me. It's the same with acting. Oh, my film is scheduled to be released in June. I won't perform that well because it's not going to get any Oscar nominations, is it? I'll just be acting at like 60% capacity. I don't care. Like, just give your all. Give your all or give nothing at all. And as I'm wrapping this up, I'm going to leave you with the wise words of the immortal Ron Swanson. Never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Take that as you will. This has been Kieran. No, it hasn't. I've been Kieran. <laughs> this has been respect. This has been respect. Respect has been fine. Respect has been fun for the most part. It's quite deep at times. It's quite dark as well. It's a very serious story. And Jennifer Hudson, fantastic. Better singer than she is actor, but that's in no way disrespecting how great of an actor she already is. 
That being said, respect, not really going to think about it too much after this. Don't really think I'm going to listen to many of the songs again, which is a shame. But if she gets nominated for any awards, I'll be happy for her. And I may give it a watch again early next year. But for now, I'm just going to go back to watching probably stuff that's worse, but I enjoy more. People just do nothing big in Japan. I'm going to go back to see that again right now, and I'm going to enjoy it more than I did respect. Either way, I've been Kieran, and I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.